This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Taking a look at some 2021 sleepers. Today on the show, we're going to talk about two quarterbacks, two tight ends, four running backs, four wide receivers. We've got three New Orleans Saints. We've got two, what, two Tampa Bay Bucks, two Indianapolis Colts, and one from various other teams. And we've got one Dave Richard and one Heath Cummings. Hey, Heath, uh, second podcast of the day. This one, of course, airing on Tuesday, recording on Monday. Did you change your shirt uh, from the first one? Yeah, yeah. I've got a pretty good routine now where I um, shower in between pods on two pod days because I put in so much work for the first (laughs) pod that uh, I need a shower. TMI. No, that's all right. Uh, I also showered but did not change. I just put the same clothes right back on. So I don't know. Is that gross? T-M-I. I I don't think it's, like, it's not gross to put, like, the same pants on, assuming that you wear something under your pants. I mean, I only had the shirt on for a few hours, so, yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah, I I sweat shirts up pretty quick. Nah, not me. Uh, So, anyway, I'm going to ask you guys for your favorite sleeper. However, I realized... Our intro needs a little work. Uh, you know, it's, you know, this is fantasy. It's good. I like it. It's exciting. It's professional. But I think we need to skew younger. You know, we need to go for a younger demographic. So I had our youngest fan record an intro. I had it. Yeah, right. Like, he he just did it himself uh, with his dad. Um, this is a, a kid named Luke. He is four years old, and he took a crack at our intro. So tell me what you guys think of the new intro for fantasy football today. This is Fantasy Football Day from CBS Sports. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty great. That's fantastic. It was so cool. Hire that kid. His dad emailed me and said, Our, my four-year-old loves the show. I think he said that. I'm and and I want to give you a little bit of credit, Adam, because people think that you like your ego gets in the way sometimes. And the fact that you didn't change the octave of his voice to make it... <laughs> Higher than yours was really impressive. You were okay with that four-year-old having a deeper voice than you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. I set myself up for ridicule with my helium tweet the other day. Yes. Didn't even think about it. I enjoyed the comments on that one. I said, do, do parents still let their kids inhale helium? Because that was a big part of my childhood. And uh, yeah, I could tell. Oh, you haven't stopped. All those things. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, who's your favorite sleeper? Uh, Dave, why don't you kick it off? My favorite sleeper as of right now is Adam <laughs> Troutman, tight end of the New Orleans Saints. I think he's got a path to seeing some pretty good target share. The track record of touchdowns for tight ends in New Orleans uh, has been really good over the last two seasons, 21 touchdowns to tight ends in 2019 and 2020. And I, I love the way that Troutman played last year as a rookie, and I really don't see how his role doesn't grow in his second season. Okay. Um, he only he only played one game with Jared Cook, didn't have a catch. He may I think he left with an injury, so nothing to go off of there. Um, Jared Cook had 16 touchdown catches in the last two seasons, so that's encouraging. Would you rather have Adam Troutman, or, you know I'm going to ask you this, or Irv Smith? I'd rather have Irv Smith, but there, there's a part of me that wants to draft both of them. And I know it's not ideal to draft 
two tight ends, but if, if you're going to try and find a tight end that's got some serious upside, go for getting two of them. Your worst case scenario is you cut both and you stream the position. A good scenario is one of them pans out for your team. Actually, that would be a great scenario. But an all-star, mega, super-duper scenario is that both of them take off and you can trade one of them for something else to help your team along the way. And both of them are going to come in draft picks around 8+, plus. in the case of Irv Smith, round 10+, plus, if not 12+, plus, in the case of Troutman. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah. Uh, okay. And by the way, Schrager, you can go ahead and throw that tweet back up there. If you're watching youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Yeah, I'll get it back up in a second. All right. Let's go to Heath. Heath, who's your favorite sleeper? I think I'm going to have to go with Devin Singletary. And I think this is going to become one of those guys that everybody gets tired of hearing Heath make the same case over and over for, but I've just not really heard anyone refute it. It, I didn't see any indication last year that Zach Moss is better than Devin Singletary at really anything. Um, the team trusted him more in short yardage, so that that was something. But we Singletary has now played two years in the NFL. He's averaged 4.8 yards per carry, YPC for life. He was more involved in the passing game than Zach Moss was, and he was by just about any measurement, better in terms of on a per carry and per reception and per target and per game basis. And Moss gets drafted in round eight or round nine of a lot of our drafts. And Devin Singletary is there in round 11 or round 12. I think his ADP right now is at the very end of round 11. It's pretty sweet if you get a guy that's like, worst case scenario, 40% chance of being the starting running back in round 11 or round 12. 1.1 1.1 PPR points per game better than Zach Moss was last year. And I think that, that that's just kind of proof of everything that you were saying about how Singletary was better by pretty much every measure. I think the one thing that turns off fantasy managers is that the Bills don't seem to be a team that's ready to run the football even 350 times a year. Uh, it's going to be Josh Allen, or at least with the running backs anyway. Josh Allen's still going to have a big chunk of this offense, as he should. And so you're, you're drafting a running back who's going to split a limited amount of touches and may not get much work near the goal line uh, reflected in his final stats. So I, I get why there's, I get why there's like hesitancy to draft Singletary, but I think Moss kind of falls into the same argument. Like it, it's hard to make an argument for Moss. So why should Moss go several rounds out of Singletary? Singletary seems to be the better value. And if Moss gets hurt, which he's been known to do, then Singletary figures to be the primary back, and fantasy managers would absolutely be happy to draft Devin Singletary or to have him in their lineups anyway if there's no Zach Moss on the field. All right, I'll uh, I'll take the bait, Heath. I've got some... Good. I've got some uh, comments here in favor of Zach Moss. So, But first of all, who do you take first? Who do you rank um, I I Well, I don't ever draft Devin Singletary until after Zach Moss has been drafted. Because why would I? Well, who do you like better? Who do, who do you rank higher? Singletary. Singletary. Okay. So I, I, it just comes down to this. I, I, I didn't really notice this until this afternoon while I was, you know, getting ready for the show. In week 13, they gave Devin Singletary 18 carries. He had 61 yards. He had, a, you know, a bad game in that respect at San Francisco. The last four regular season Wait. games. They gave him, oh, 18 carries. Yeah, okay. 18 for 61. Uh, in the last four regular season games, he had 28 catches, Singletary, 28 carries, and seven catches. Moss had 41 carries. 
Uh, and then in the first game of the playoffs, Moss had seven carries and four catches before he left with an injury. Devin Singletary, up to that point, had two, ca- two carries and one catch. So I think they may have been tipping their hand there that they like Moss better. They were using him down the stretch and in the playoffs in the one game that Moss was healthy and Moss hurt his ankle. And he had two, like Dave already said, he had two injuries last year, so that stinks for him. Um, the other thing is, it's two years in a row now where they won't use Singletary inside the five-yard line. Two years ago, it was Gore who led the team, and then last year, it was Allen. Well, it was with, Allen, right? No, it, it was, was Allen Gore. who picked up the slack it for was, Gore when Gore couldn't get the job Yeah, but done. it was Gore with 11 inside the five, 11 carries, Allen with five, Singletary with two, and then last year, it was Allen with nine, Moss with eight, Singletary with five, and I would bet that some of those five came when Moss wasn't playing. So right, weeks three, four, and five. Yeah, which so that, two that, of those games Singletary did very well in. Yeah, so I, that's why I I think uh, I think it's justified to take Moss over Singletary. And uh, I would say I think, in those last four games um, that Zach Moss took over as the lead back, he also had two catches in the regular season. I don't really think either of them gonna have a ton of catches. It's not, you know, it's not really part well, of the game. Well, I mean, game. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Singletary had 38 last year. Had, That's yeah. not nothing. He had 16 of them in the first four games of the season. And two of those games, Zach Moss didn't play, and he had like nine catches in those games. They both were pretty uninvolved in the passing game, I'd say. That with each two years in a row, the running backs have had, what, 65, I 70 don't, catches? I don't like saying they were both pretty uninvolved in the passing game. They were as a, like a thing against Devin Singletary when Singletary had almost like three times as many targets. Like there's a big difference between three and a half targets a game and one target a game. If you're not going to score any touch, if you're not going to score any rushing touchdowns, you need to have a lot more than 38 catches. And like I said, 16 of them came in the first four games. Two of those games without Zach Moss. So there were plenty of opportunities to play without Zach Moss because he couldn't stay on the field. All right, don't hit. Hey. Don't take this out on Zach Bossy. <laughs> well, I I think you're like I understand you're doing a good job playing devil's advocate, and and you got me a little bit. Well, I wasn't um, trying to get you. I was just no. You got no. I'm saying you got me riled up a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was trying to do that. <laughs> right. I just like maybe maybe that three yards per carry that Zach Moss was giving him down the stretch is what they're looking for. All right, for the season. Don't even with that because for the season they had the same yards per carry, four point three to four point four. That's not the same. Okay, it's basically the same. Okay. Um, and what Devin Singletary did the year before just doesn't really matter because well, he Zach, was a rookie. Zach Moss wasn't on the I, team that year. I don't know what Moss would have done in that situation. I would bet that this is going to end up being a who's available from week to week and who's playing well from game to game thing. Where if Moss gets out of the gate in the first half and plays well, okay, he's going to finish the game leading the way for Buffalo in, in touches. Vice versa if it's Singletary. I, I don't think they're committed to either back in most ways, shapes, or forms. All right. Well, look, it took me about six minutes to get Heath riled up, so I consider that a win. And Let- just bad faith arguments really get under my skin. <laughs> bad faith? <laughs> I thought those were very valid points. Uh, all right, Stragger, let's see some of our favorite replies to the tweet. Can we do that now? YouTube.com yeah, slash fantasy football today. I'm killing time here. I'll I'll promote a few things. We're going to be live tonight, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern with Ben Gretsch, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We're doing a PPR mock draft, 7 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night. Come and join us. Subscribe to the channel. 
and you'll know when we're live. You'll get the notification. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. All right. I'm having trouble seeing here. Uh, it stayed with you, apparently. Okay, you're right. So I said, do parents still let their kids uh, inhale helium and get the high-pitched voice? That was a big part of my childhood. And somebody, <laughs> just your childhood? I like that. Uh, what else we got, Trager? Dave, I really do you have any more see. DJ Chark stories? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. This segment didn't work. News and notes. Jamison Crowder reworked his contract. He's back with the Jets. So does this uh, dampen any enthusiasm you may have had for uh, Elijah Moore? It hurts. Um, and really what it does is it hurts the entire Jets passing game because there's a lot of interesting talent that they've got on the team. And I don't know if there's any one guy that you can point to and say, that's the best one. That's the guy who's going to get 70 catches. It, it sounds it, like you could make the case for so many of them. Couldn't you, Heath? Couldn't you make the case for literally at least three? I think the one that it's difficult to make a case for after the past couple of weeks is Denzel Mims. Um, he was a sure. guy who I was pretty, I'm still intrigued about. But it sounds like Keelan Cole is uh, playing ahead of Denzel Mims in OTAs. Ooh. And um, like obviously, they just gave Corey Davis money, and they just spent a draft pick on Elijah Moore, and they just decided not to cut Jamison Crowder. I, Denzel Mims might just be a backup wide receiver. I just feel like there's some pun that we can do with his name, like a Heath pun. like More like Denzel Slims. I, just, I know there's something there. We'll, we'll get it. Um, okay, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is back from his hand injury. More like Can Newton. And uh, Trevor Lawrence has a hamstring injury, so they're trying to avoid a serious injury for Trevor Lawrence, and they're taking it very slowly with him, and you want him to get as many reps as possible. So hopefully he'll be uh, good to go for training camp in July. But right now, rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence dealing with a hammy. All right, more sleepers. So, Dave, you gave us Adam Troutman, and how about a quarterback, Trevor or Trey Lance? Another rookie. Trevor Lance. Trevor Lance. Trey Lance, 169th overall right now. Uh, do you think there's? He's, do you think there's more than just like a long shot chance that he's realistic? Is there a realistic chance that he's the week one starter? I think there's a, a realistic chance. I wouldn't say it's like 50%, but they just traded up a ton of picks to go and get this guy. I'm sure they'd love to use him. Uh, as an every down player for their offense once they're comfortable giving it to them. And I, it's just a matter of how soon they get comfortable. It's a matter of how soon he's comfortable. This is a guy who was tearing apart defenses for a year at the FCS level. He won their version of the Heisman as a freshman. And he's got a strong arm, good working knowledge of, of what a pro offense is. And I'm pretty sure he's adapted nicely to what the 49ers are doing, or at least I think he will. And he runs. He can run like the wind. Mm -hmm. He can put up plenty of yards. He had, what, 150 yards and two touchdowns in his only game in 2020? He only played, they only played him in one game because, you know, hashtag COVID. But he, he can run, and he's big, and he's got a strong arm. Accuracy isn't perfect, but it's something that can be improved upon. Josh Allen proved that. And I think the 49ers are going to try and work on that with Lance. At the very least, they can scheme him up. And he's kind of savvy, too, when he's when he's got to play. There was a play in college. He did this multiple times. He's running out of the pocket, and he, he like, pump fakes. 
to get the defender to roll off of his coverage and to attack Lance because they think Lance is going to run the ball. And then Lance just flicks it over the defender's head and into the wide open hands of, of a receiver downfield for a big play. He's He's got that type of dynamic ability to him. And I think for a game like fantasy football where stats matter, he can give you a lot. So if it's a matter of just getting this guy and putting him on my bench and seeing how the season begins, or if I've got deep benches and I can carry him all year, more than happy to do it. I think he could end up being a difference maker if given the opportunity as soon as 2021. Okay. I, I think it's interesting to contrast him with Taysom Hill. Heath sleeper at quarterback and Taysom right. Hill. And I like going, this call too, by the way. Because Taysom Hill's going saw, like 60 picks later or 50 picks later. They're they're both athletic quarterbacks um who I think we can be equally uncertain about how ready they are to currently be NFL quarterbacks. Um, both of them, their coaching staffs absolutely love them. And we've already seen from Taysom Hill over a three or four game stretch, what he can do as the starting quarterback. Now he's got to beat out Jameis Winston. Trey Lance has got to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo, but Hill has shown us that he can be a top 12 quarterback pretty easy. And he's being drafted as if that's not really even a possibility. So He's let me being ask drafted this. like Jameis Winston's already been named the starter. Yes. Let me. It's it's a little strange. And by the way, if you read uh, Jason Lock and Fora's latest column, he is. He, I'm trying to get the exact quote, but he's basically just assuming that he wrote all about Jameis Winston, and he's just his assumption is that Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, so it's weird. I think to put a quarterback on your bench who just doesn't play. Right, we haven't had a ton of situations like that. I feel where we're just stashing a quarterback in the hopes that he will play, and I'm wondering if you're willing to do that. You know, Dave, you talked about that with Lance, but are, Heath, are you willing to do that with Taysom Hill if he doesn't win the job, and you're just waiting for Jameis Winston to implode? I don't. Well, I mean, when we're talking about June sleepers, we're not talking about that scenario. Oh, I'm asking you about that scenario. Let's say, let's say Winston wins the job. He will even, not be on my sleeper list if he's a backup quarterback, no. Okay. Because, you know, Winston could easily lose the job. Oh, for sure. And then yeah. I would pick, then he'd be a waiver wire claim. But no, I'm not, I'm not probably going to uh, roster him in a one quarterback league. I'll, I'll roster a backup that's playing. How many bench spots do you have? If it's a one quarterback league and you've got seven, eight more bench spots. Maybe it's a keeper league that's a one-quarterback league. Well, if it's keeper league, obviously that changes the dynamic. But if you've got deep bench spots, and maybe with leagues starting to use IR spots more often, maybe one opens up that way. These quarterbacks are exactly the type of players that you wouldn't mind stashing just for the short term to see what happens. Garoppolo gets hurt all the time. Jameis, if, if he has a three-interception game, that could be the end of it. I can't Sorry. imagine either quarterback, Garoppolo or Winston, have long leashes that keep, certainly that keep Lance at bay, but Taysom Hill is going to take snaps away from Jameis Winston. If he if he took snaps away from Drew Brees, he's going to take snaps away from Jameis Winston. I'm rooting for Winston. So much more. I mean, I'm rooting for Taysom Hill. He's so much more fun. I'm so intrigued by him. Let's see what, let's see what happens. Uh, go Taysom. Okay, let's get some more sleepers here. How about... Uh, Heath, how about your tight end? Dave gave us Adam Troutman. Your tight end sleeper is? Yeah, this is another one where I, I think I've tweeted about it a lot this offseason, but O.J. Howard, uh, another guy with an ADP on NFC outside of the top 200. It sounds like he's getting back to full health, 
And he was pretty um, strongly outperforming Rob Gronkowski until he was injured last year. And you look at where these two players are at their stage, the stage of their career, and what Howard's incredible efficiency has been whenever he's gotten targets. And I just think that like there's no guarantee at all that Rob Gronkowski is the best tight end for the Buccaneers. In fact, if you told me at the start of camp that Howard was 100% healthy, I would bet on Howard. He had at least seven PPR points in three of his first four games. He had one game with 14 PPR points, another one with 13 PPR points. So he was getting some some good, good action in that offense. Yeah. Put it in context, though. Let's say Howard is the best tight end. Is is there any chance he's actually good enough to be a starter? You know, anything more than just okay, top twelve, whatever. But an impactful player because just with Godwin and Evans and and Antonio Brown, it's hard, right? And Gronk. Well, it's and Gronk. It's yeah. not easy, but that. Those four games last year, week four, and I don't know what point of the game he left, but he only played 37% of the snaps. And in those first four games, he had 19 targets already. If you're telling me that O.J. Howard's getting five targets a game in that offense? No, but but that was before Antonio Brown. And Godwin might have been hurt in that fourth game. Well, uh, Howard was hurt in that fourth game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if Godwin played in week four. I have to go back and look. I mean, they threw the ball to Gronkowski and Cameron Brake quite a bit in the second half last year. He Godwin missed weeks two and four and Thank five you. and eight. <laughs> I would bet one of Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski missed time this year as well. Right. Okay. And it may be Howard. But yeah, he's one of the most efficient tight ends we've ever seen in the NFL. So the target bar for him is much lower than everyone else. You said efficient or talented? Efficient. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I would agree with both of them. I think you at one time said he was the most talented tight end in football, which I don't think I said that. Been proven I definitely very, very wrong. did not say that. Very, very wrong. I did not say that. Shouldn't we root for a trade here? Not that the Bucks have any reason to, to do it, unless they get a crazy offer for O.J. Howard, and I don't think a team's going to bang down their door for him, but maybe he just falls out of favor a little bit in camp, and a team that needs a tight end desperately steps up for O.J. Howard. And then he's in an opportunity where we can feel a lot better about his target share from week to week. Okay, trade would be fun for sure. And uh, running backs. All right, let's get some running back sleepers. Dave, who you got? I've got James Conner and I've got Gus Edwards. And I'm just, I'm kind of lukewarm on Gus because he's never been, especially in PPR, he's never been great on a consistent basis. He's just an efficient running back that's going to get you right around nine to 10 carries a week and uh you know maybe that leads to 40 50 yards he can be a placeholder for you at running back he's an okay zero rb target and someone that you can just grab in those later rounds just to have his bench depth and use in a pinch and if he finds his way into the end zone look he was he was actually great in short yardage situations last year but jk dobbins didn't miss from three yards or closer he was 100 percent uh, when it came to scoring short yardage touchdowns. So I'm not sure if Gus is going to claim that role. They're going to split it. And I just, I feel like when it comes to just getting a running back that carries nominal value as a bench running back and has crazy high upside in the event that the starter in front of him misses time, he fits that. He can do that. And it won't cost you much in a pick. Connor is probably in line to see maybe around a dozen carries a game. 
But if he's replacing Kenyon Drake, that means he's the north-south runner in this offense. Should be in line for short yardage situations. He's also been good in short yardage and goal line carries over the balance of his career. He can catch the ball a little bit, too. He's got a few seasons with over 30 receptions. But I, I think that role will go to Chase Edmonds. There's a lot of talk about Chase Edmonds being the feature back in this offense. I think there's a reason why he hasn't really had that opportunity other than in spot starts over the last couple of seasons. He He will probably be... I think it's going to end up being most weeks like maybe 55-45 in favor of Edmonds. But there will probably be some weeks where Arizona's got a lead and they'll hammer it with Connor. They seem to really like Connor for his downhill physical rushing style. And there will be touchdowns available to him. And you can get him in the late rounds. Another good zero RB target. I would see his ADP at 108th overall. It just surprises That's me round for James nine. Connor. But yeah, I just that hasn't been the case in our drafts. I've been drafting him, but I know that he wouldn't last to round nine. <clears throat> At least I don't think he would. Would you guys rather have a Bills running back or James Conner? Connor. I think I'd feel better with, with Connor. I might have Moss ranked like one or two spots ahead of him right now. Mm-hmm. Would, if, if there's a Bills running back that I feel comfortable with for the long term, obviously I'll take him ahead of Connor. But if I can't tell them between heads and tails, then maybe Connor's the right answer. Okay, how about in a PPR league, would you rather have James White or James Conner? Conner. I currently have White ahead. Let's compare Gus Edwards, who is one of Dave's running back sleepers, to Latavius Murray, who is one of Heath's running back sleepers. They had right around the same amount of carries last year. Murray had 146. Edwards had 144. Murray had 23 catches. Edwards had not even close to that, nine. No. Um, But Edwards was better. He scored, I think he was better, right? They were close, but I'm pretty sure he was a little bit better. In PPR points per game, Latavius was better. Latavius was at 8.1, and Gus was 7.4. Okay. Uh, Non-PPR, I believe Gus Edwards was better, but um, either way. uh, Heath, so, yeah, Gus Edwards or Latavius Murray, do you basically consider them to be the same? No, because I think that... uh, Difference in catches is a difference in value in a PPR league. So I prefer Latavius Murray because he's going to catch 15 or 20 more passes than Gus Edwards. And I think it's more likely if something happens to Alvin Kamara that Latavius Murray gets a workhorse role than it is for Gus Edwards. I think if something happens to J.K. Dobbins, then Gus Edwards is probably sharing with Justice Hill or Todd Gurley. Um, we'll see how that turns out. But please don't um, don't even speak that into existence. Well, you know, we had we had the big DeAndre Swift freak out over Todd Gurley. We should have an equal one with J.K. Dobbins. Um, I just everything Dave said about Gus Edwards is basically true about Latavius Murray. He's slightly less efficient as a runner, but he's going to catch twenty to thirty passes. Um, he's a little bit better in that regard. And we saw him run for 124 yards and two touchdowns without Kamara once last week. I mean, if, if, if something happens to Alvin Kamara in the first quarter of the season, Latavius Murray may have the highest win rate for any player in fantasy football this year. Mm-hmm. If these guys, if the starting running backs don't get hurt, I struggle with Murray. I mean, I, I think you probably would disagree, but I feel like they're kind of useless. I, I really feel like Edwards and Murray are just handcuffs. Well, if you were in, if you were stuck one week, say you're running back, you've got Christian McCaffrey and he he misses a game, okay, birth of a child, something like that. These are the two running backs on your bench. Say they both have solid matchups. Which one do you go with in a half PPR? 
You might lean Latavius just because of the the receiving. But the reason I'd go Edwards is is something that you don't know if it's going to translate, but, uh, you know, from year to year. But last year, he had more than seven PPR fantasy points, which is not good. Gus Edwards had more than seven PPR fantasy points in nine games, and Latavius Murray had more than seven PPR fantasy points in five games. I mean, that's awful. You don't need somebody on your team who's got five games all year with more than seven PPR fantasy points. You just, you're just stat. He's a handcuff and a really good one at that. That's how I see it. Sure. They both are at the very least. Gus should be able to give you 50 yards. Yeah, but right. But no catches, maybe one catch. He's averaged a half score per game over his career. And, And while Edwards did have a number of games with more than seven, he had almost none with more than nine. And you definitely want, I guess, look, if you're like a 14 team league, and you're struggling at running back, you just want to throw someone in there to get you seven, eight points, it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. So, Who's more likely to score a touchdown in a given week? I would say Edwards, but they both had about the same amount of touchdowns. Look, I think it's a gross percentage. I think it's going to be unlikely that they do it, but I think Edwards is probably a little more likely to score than Latavius. Latavius is is a league winner if Alvin Kamara misses time. Yeah, Gus isn't quite. He quite doesn't have that type of upside. But he'd be if if J.K. Dobbins missed time, Gus would be pretty darn. Good. I would assume. Lata- Are we just saying that because Drew Brees is gone, so the Saints aren't going to score as many touchdowns? Uh, why I, you think my, that Gus Edwards? What that the Gus Edwards versus Latavius touchdown thing? My just my assumption is, and I I don't know how many touchdowns. I mean, I'm looking right now. My assumption is that Latavius has scored at a higher rate than Gus Edwards. I mean, not last year. Edwards had six and Murray had four. Well, okay. that's rushing. I'm not before. even sure if I'm not even sure if Latavius Murray had enough like short yardage carries to compare with Gus. Well, two years ago, Latavius had six and Gus had two. What short yeah. yardage carries? Touchdowns. Touchdowns. Oh, sure. two year, but two years, years ago, Latavius has eleven and Gus has eight. I think, Last year, I think Gus that was you, four well, for six from a yard out. But I think two years ago, you know, that was the year that Kamara got banged up and missed some time. So I think you'd have to look at how many he scored when Kamara was playing, and how and Edwards has never really had that opportunity. Well, he did a little bit, right? He had one or two games this past year where he was the guy. Or am I wrong about that? No, I think that's right. And he had 2018 when Lamar Jackson was the starter. He had. Like eight games as the guy, basically. And he scored two touchdowns. <laughs> so there you go. Look, these guys aren't Fine. great, but these are the types of running backs that are going to be staring you in the face when the James Connors of the world are off the board. This is round. Th- th- these are the running backs in rounds nine plus. Let's see who else is in these rounds. I think all of mine were after round 10. Okay. All right. So let's go to like pick 120. We're looking at Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, Devin Singletary, Madison, McKissick, Latavius, Kenneth Gainwell, Daryl Henderson, Philip Lindsay, Tariq Cohen. That's interesting. Uh, Rashad Penny, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, James White. So you can make the case for a handful of guys in that list. Bernard, Damian Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, Daryl Williams. Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman maybe has the best chance of being a starter. Yeah, he, he's a zero RB target for sure. Okay. Good stuff. 
Um, all right, we got to get to our wide receivers. It's also U.S. Open week, and the First Cut Golf Podcast has all your needs covered as the world's best golfers travel to Torrey Pines. They are on the scene in California all week to give you daily fantasy advice, the best picks and props, and round-by-round analysis. So listen to the First Cut wherever podcasts are found, or you can stream every episode of the First Cut on YouTube. Fun. Wide receivers. Heath, who are your wide receiver sleepers? My wide receiver sleepers are T.Y. Hilton and Munroth St. Brown. So just two guys in exactly the same situation and stage of their career. Uh, Hilton's current <laughs> ADP is the end of round 12. And I would like to see Michael Pittman take a step forward and be the number one wide receiver on the Colts. But again, I don't think that should be a foregone conclusion. Their ADP is not particularly close. St. Brown is still, I think, the best route running wide receiver that the Lions have and the only one who's equipped to run the types of short area routes that Jared Goff has historically targeted. So like. He's not going to go deep like Tyrell Williams or Quintez Cephas or Brashad Perryman, but he can do something that those guys don't do, and it's the only thing that Jared Goff's really done well in the NFL. Yeah, there's there. You know how I, I've told you before that negative reports out of minicamp are never a good thing. Yeah. Apparently, Brashad Perryman has been not good at Lions camp, which is a shocker to anybody that's ever had Brashad Perryman in a fantasy lineup save for the last four games of next thing you're gonna tell me is he dropped passes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I read that about him, but uh your boy Tyrell, better call him. He's been playing well in camp and St. Brown has been playing well in camp. They've said that he's fitting in. So those guys and Cephas, Cephas has also been making plays. That that might be your three receiver set with Hawkinson at tight end. So I, I'm with you on St. Brown. I'm with you on T.Y. as well. I think getting him as a late pick to be on your bench and use him as a fill-in replacement, as a flex or as a wide receiver, I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than that. Well, the last six games of the year for Hilton, he was a top 12 wide receiver. In fact, he was sixth in non-PPR. He was 11th in PPR. He had uh, five touchdowns, was on pace for 72, ca- 72 catches, 1,160 yards, and 13 touchdowns on 115 targets. That was his last six games of the year. Uh, so who would you rather have, Hilton or St. Brown? Uh, Hilton. I, I feel much more confident that Hilton's going to be someone that I, like, I might plug him in as a, as a flex week one. St. Brown, I'm going to need to see something before I'm going to trust him in my lineup. All right, let's go back to conversation we had earlier. Would you rather have a Jets wide receiver or St. Brown? <laughs> I asked the tough question. I, I think I think no. I don't think anybody wants to admit to taking a Jets receiver, like under any circumstances. But I've got a. I've got. I, I got to take Crowder ahead of him at this point. No, Corey Davis. Are you saying you take Crowder over Davis? Yeah, I think I probably would. I'm. I'm I've not got Crowder over I, Davis currently. Yeah, I'm. I I'm not a fan, especially if Corey Davis has to share targets with all these other receivers. I really want to take Elijah Moore, man. But I'm I'm nervous about just how many targets he'll get. How uh, dumb am I, can be honest. Very. For, t- <laughs> for oh. going with Amari Rogers over Amonra St. Brown. I don't know if that's necessarily dumb. No, it isn't. It's quite genius. Well, uh, you're, you're, they're, they're kind of the same guy, right? We're talking about 
rookie slot receivers who are good route runners and have good hands coming into the league. One is going to theoretically catch passes from Aaron Rodgers, and the other one's going to catch passes from Jared Goff. <laughs> Very similar. Hey, I, yeah, right. I mean, if you took Devontae Adams out of the equation, does Rodgers still have more competition for targets? No. Like Alan Lazard's so. far more accomplished than Quintez Cephas. Uh, I guess Tyrell is yeah. more accomplished than, than MVS, but they're basically the same guy. But you've got Hawkinson. Like if you took Adams, okay, if you take the two teams, I think Adams obviously gets the most targets, and I think Hawkinson gets the next most. And then maybe Swift. Like Swift will be up there. Jones might be up there. Well, as I say, the Packers throw 150 times a year to their running backs. So my only concern with Rodgers is I'm just not sure, especially if he goes in offseason without ever meeting his new quarterback. Um, I'm yeah. just not sure how he's going to beat out Lazard and MVS in Aaron Rodgers' mind. I, well, just because he has a different role. Can he, is the three receiver set for Green Bay involving Rodgers? It's been involving putting Adams in the slot, right? Right. So if, if that's the, if, if it's, if the three receiver set is Adams for sure, and when they're healthy, Lazard and MVS, how often are we going to see Rodgers on the field? Not week one. I think it's, a, you know, hopefully week four or five, he starts getting more playing time. And if that's the case, then I'd rather spend the draft capital on somebody who I would hope to hit pay dirt with before week four or There's five. There's nothing worse than drafting a rookie wide receiver and then cutting them early <laughs> in the season only to see them go on and post a 1,400-yard season in their rookie year hey, on someone else's team. When Peyton Barber is on the waiver wire, oh, you oh, pick up Peyton Barber, Okay. Uh, Dave, let's get your wide receiver sleepers here. And they are, are we, did we talk about Paris? Cam no, we did not. Antonio Brown and Paris Campbell. Antonio Brown going 110th, Paris Campbell 191st. So Antonio Brown, how realistic would, do you think it would be for him to be the best wide receiver on the Bucks? On a per game basis, I don't think it's going to happen. Not unless there's an injury, but I think he can work as a great number three receiver for a fantasy squad. I think you should draft him to be that. He averaged 14.1 PPR points per game. That was 23rd best among all wide receivers last year. Uh, if you include the playoffs, he had 13 or more PPR points. Again, not 15, but 13. In 7 of 11 games with Brady. I think that's a pretty good jumping off point. He had at least 6 targets in 5 of his last 8, or 5 of his 8 regular season games. He's lining up wide. I wonder if he adds the slot role to what he does a little bit more. And teams are just in a massive bind defensively when they take on Tampa Bay. Because you can't double Evans. You can't double Godwin. You can't double Brown. If you do, you're leaving one of those other guys wide open. And it's going to be a nightmare situation. And he proved that he wasn't like a shell of himself at all once he got rolling last year. Right. Well, let's see the wide receivers going around. Antonio Brown. That would be Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman. Yeah, I'll take Brown over those guys. Yeah, Brown would have been on my sleeper list if I didn't let Dave go first. <laughs> How about Jarvis Landry or Antonio Brown? Yeah, I'll take everybody we've talked about so far, I think, over Jarvis Landry. I would take T.Y. over Landry. Okay. Same. Okay. Oh, then I'm how sorry, about I would not take a Monroe St. Brown over Landry. That's about, that's a bridge too far. T T Y Hilton or Antonio Brown? Brown. Same. All right, Michael Pittman. 
do you think? Nope. Nope. What? I, I don't think he's on the sleepers list. What do you mean? I thought you were talking about Dave's sleepers. I am. Oh, wait. We can talk about Pittman if you want, but he's not I don't know the why sleeper I said, from I, the Colts that I would pick. I said Michael Pittman. I meant Paris Campbell. They're both on the Colts. You could draft them both and do <laughs> ye old friendship strategy between the two of them. No and thanks. a pessimist might say, well, why would you bother drafting them both when you can just draft Pittman and not even bother with Campbell because he doesn't play that much anyway. Campbell's had a lot of injuries that he's had to come back from. And uh, I just, I love the talent still. I love the slot role. I went back and I checked how often Carson Wentz threw to his receivers in the slot over the past four seasons. The targets went to the slot receiver 30.5% of the time at the least. Some of the seasons were over a third of the time. So you, you balance it about three of every 10 throws that Wentz makes going into the slot. I'll take that for somebody like Paris Campbell, who gets a bunch of short area targets and he's explosive, or at least he was before the injuries. And I think the reports out of camp are mostly positive and you can get him for free on draft day. He's, he's literally one of your last three picks. You could probably take some DSTs ahead of Paris Campbell and still find Paris Campbell available to take in your leagues. Well, those are some sleepers for you. We've got your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And we've got the live show tonight. Don't forget about that. Live show tonight on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasyfootball today. Stick around for the end of it. Maybe we'll see if Paris Campbell gets drafted. It is, in fact, a PPR league with three wide receivers and a flex. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll read your emails. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. We are emailing. Here we go. Again, it's fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I. This is from Scott. Hey, Evans, Hemsworth, Pine, and Pratt. Sound like Marvel men, no? Chris's. Or Chris's. Oh, they're Chris's? Okay. Isn't Chris Hemsworth and, and Chris Pratt, aren't they both superheroes? Yes. Okay. Chris Evans is too. I don't know who Chris Evans is. Who's that? I don't know who Chris Pine is. Chris Evans, Bengals running back. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> Captain America. Oh, Captain okay. America is Chris okay. Evans. Chris Pine, I I don't believe is any more in a Marvel movie. Who is he? 
He's an um, actor. I, oh, Chris Pine is the um, the voice of Spider-Man in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. These are all Chris's, and they're all superheroes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, they play superheroes. I don't think they are actually. No. They, well, at least three of them are. I've been this thinking. This must be a question about Chris Carson. It's about Chris Godwin. A superhero fantasy running back. I've been listening. I've been thinking a lot about Chris Godwin. Says Scott. He's currently wide receiver 15 in Fantasy Pros ADP. He's six spots behind Mike Evans. Mike Evans is top 10 in ADP. I don't. I don't. I don't believe you. I haven't heard him receive much love or excitement from the group on this podcast. I decided to do a little bit of a deep dive because he was all the rage going into last season after a top two finish in 2019. Here's what I found. His 17-game pace using 2020 stats would be 92 catches, just under 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns. His 17-game pace using his 2020 stats from Week 10 on, when Antonio Brown was was in the fold, 90 catches, 1,262 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That really? That doesn't seem... Oh, maybe, because week 17, he had a huge game. He was heavily targeted in the red zone, scored the last three weeks of the season. General consensus is that the Bucks' offense will be even better in year two with Tom Brady. I understand there are a lot of mouths to feed on this team, but are we just overlooking the reasons we were so excited about Goblin going into 2020? Why isn't he mostly the same guy? Isn't he a steal right now as a wide receiver, too? I think he can return value as, as a wide receiver, too, with upside to be top 12. He finished in, in PPR points per game as wide receiver 15. That's pretty good. But when it came to targets, he was wide receiver 34, seven targets per game. I think we're looking for a little bit more than that to put him in the top 12 solidly. But I, I, I like him, and I think a lot of people like him, and I think a lot of people are happy to draft him as a quality number two receiver. Or if you go heavy on other positions early, you get him to be your wide receiver one. I this um, this is a challenge when you project on a team basis a situation like this. And I actually pulled back on some of the efficiency basically across the board for the Bucks because if I projected them all for their typical efficiency, um, <laughs> Tom Brady might be QB one. <laughs> sure. Right. Because I'd have to have him at like six thousand yards passing, um, so I don't know. Like I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with anything he said, and I have Godwin projected even lower than I think where the consensus is, and I don't like it. But we just talked about Antonio Brown as a great sleeper, and we think he's a number three wide receiver, and I think Mike Evans is a borderline number two or a number three wide receiver, and I don't think they're going to stop throwing the ball to OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski, and Tom Brady still threw it to his running backs last year when most of his running backs couldn't catch. So, it, like, maybe they'll throw 700 passes and Tom Brady will be QB1. But it's hard to project it that way. Yeah. And and one of the issues with the numbers that were given in the email is, one, it doesn't include week nine when Antonio Brown did play and, and, and Chris Godwin had three catches for 41 yards. And then, for what it's worth, you know, week 17, Mike Evans left early with an injury. And you're looking at five catches, 133 yards, and two touchdowns. That was by far the best game that Chris Godwin had in the eight regular season games with Antonio Brown. It was the one where Evans was out. Uh, so you got to you gotta factor. I think you have to factor those things in. This is from Alexander. 12-team PPR league. We need to keep three players, but you can only keep two in the same position. Who should I keep? Mixon, Edward Zelaire, Akers, James Robinson, Deontay Johnson, Julio Jones, 
Mark Andrews and Russell Wilson. So again, we can keep three, but no more than two of any position. You want to say the names again? Mixon, Edwards, Elair, Akers, Robinson, James Robinson, Deontay Johnson, Julio Jones, Mark Andrews, Russell Wilson, PPR. I would keep Mixon, Akers, and Andrews. I think Akers is a must. And if you are thinking of just this year, or maybe you can only keep them for a year, Mixon over Edwards, Elair makes sense. If you're thinking long-term, maybe you throw back Mixon, to go with Edwards Elair, it depends on the rules of the league and how often you can or how long you can keep guys for. If it's for their entire careers, the prospect of keeping Edwards Elair with Acres as your two running back keepers forever and ever, uh, that, that looks good to me. That seems good to me. And it, it would be cool to have that tight end advantage with Andrews. And I, I think maybe along those same lines, just thinking long term with your keepers, if you can go long term, he makes sense over Julio in that regard. And Deontay Johnson's probably not going to match what he did last year. Okay. This is, uh, don't have a name, no name or city, Dave. It is Barbara from Glenview, Illinois. 10-team Dynasty League, half PPR. I'm a young team with picks 101 and 103. I have McCaffrey, Dobbins, Lamb, Dak, Kittle, Lockett, and Fuller. Would nice. You, yeah, and 101 and 103. Would you trade McCaffrey for Antonio Gibson, pick 104, pick 310, and T. Higgins? Or am I good enough to win now? I actually responded to this email, which I don't do very often. So um, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't because I think wow. if, you, if you have this team and you have a chance to have um, Dak – McCaffrey, Dobbins, and either Harris or ETN, um, Lamb, Chase, Lockett, and Fuller, and Kittle. Um, like I think that is a a contender this year. Okay, yeah, it's, it's I can't pass appealing. up the trade. I think I think the offer is fantastic, and I love Christian McCaffrey, but aren't aren't you getting future Mc, Christian McCaffrey with Antonio well, Gibson? first another thing i think that matters is it's a 10-team league it's not difficult in a 10-team league to drive yourself insane by having six number two running backs and six number two wide receivers and starting the wrong one every week it's a very good point studs are more valuable in a 10-team league than they are in a 12-team league all right this is from bruce where's bruce from bruce is from syracuse new york am i okay to believe in zach Ertz and aj green at their adp you can basically get Ertz and Green for yeah. nothing. Next to nothing. Excellent players that you could draft with one of your last picks and kick to the curb if they're doing nothing by week three. Can I, can I just take one word out of what Dave said? Excellent. Said, well, excellent. excellent. <laughs> can we just say these are players that you can take with one of your last picks? Um, I, I like Ertz more than Green. Okay. Same. I think D- Dave influenced me a little bit with his stat about A.J. Green, that he had the lowest uh, on-target percentage of pass, whatever. Right. What, what would you say? Lowest percentage of catchable of targets. Catchable targets. Of any receiver with 100-plus targets yeah. last year. Basically was set up for failure. So it made me think a little but, bit. Yeah, I, that would influence me more if it wasn't for the fact that he'd played nine games in two years before that. 
and he like his yards per catch, which isn't affected by catch rate at all, was it fell all the way to eleven point one. Can I tell you how it affected is, me? It made no. me it. <laughs> It made me go with Diggs over Hopkins because Diggs has had basically zero added competition and Hopkins has had. Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, that technically that's not true. Camp reports. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I at said, this point we should say AJ Green is more competition than Emmanuel Sanders. No, but Sanders. there's Rondell Moore too. So that's true. That's, that, that's yeah, true. It's just, yeah, it's a little bit more competition there. Uh, from Kyle. Kyle is from. Boulder, Colorado. You guys discuss volume versus being in a committee. For example, we don't think Akers, Mixon, or Najee Harris will be splitting much of the touches with their backups. However, we think J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and Jonathan Taylor will be splitting carries somewhat with their backups. So give some advice to drafters. Do we go with the volume or the running back who's going to get 15 touches but split work? Generally volume. volume, right? The difference is with Dobbins and Jacobs and Chubb, and Dobbins probably more than the other two, like you can deal with the splits work guy more if he's going to catch 60-plus passes. It's hard to be a splits work guy with 20 catches. Now, Chubb's done it, but you have to be like score once every 10 touches and average five and a half yards per or six yards per carry to get that done. You want to have efficiency. You want to have the goal line role. I think those are two things that Jonathan Taylor will have that sets him apart. And Dobbins would have it if he didn't have a rushing quarterback to play off of. But then again, I don't know if he'd be as efficient if he didn't have a rushing quarterback to play off of. But even Taylor's going to catch probably twice as many passes as Dobbins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and they run the ball so so. much. I mean, so Kyle from Boulder said... Taylor is going to be splitting carries somewhat. I'm not sure that we do. We feel that way. I, so, you know, somewhat is a very vague term, but in a ADP meaningful does way, not feel that way at all. Who that? Who? ADP. Uh, one more time. Average draft. Oh, position. ADP. Sorry, it was cutting out a little. That's okay. Yeah, right. I, I don't know how much of a threat we think Marlon Mack is. We don't think Naeem Hines is a threat to his carries. Taylor's carries. So. I don't. I wouldn't put him in the same group as J.K. Dobbins, you know. Sure not. Right. Correct. And like that's another. It matters how many opportunity total opportunities we think the running backs are going to get. Like even though Baltimore is a run heavy team, they they're not going to have as many running back carries plus targets as the Colts or the 49ers or hopefully the Lions. Good show, guys. Thank you very much. Good sleepers. Make sure you're checking out FFT and 5, by the way. A little five-minute preview of what's to come, and not to mention we do have some shows that aren't tied to our full-length episodes, like we'll have Jacob Gibbs back on to give some awesome advanced stats on a couple of players this week. I think we've got uh, I think we've got Devontae Smith as one of them. It might be a couple of rookie-wide receivers that we're going a little deep dive on on FFT and 5. So just check out Fantasy Football Today and 5. We will see you Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 